spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, 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 happy Friday! Sports of the amazing programs brought to you by Parker and Sports Electrical, two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. Four days <laughs> and counting. This is the last weekend to get your get your candidate voting shopping in. <laughs> well, they're 18 percent of independents. Really? Yeah, that are right now trying to figure out what to do. Uh, so I, I, here's the thing. I thought about this today. Okay. They know what to do, Kados. They know exactly what to do. The problem is for them, do they have the stomach to do it? They know who they're voting for. <laughs> it's do I actually have the stomach Wait, to go through with it? I don't know what you mean. Uh, so hold on a minute. Yesterday we found out they're 18% of independents who are undecided mm-hmm. in the governor's race. And you're saying they're sick to their stomach. Well, for which candidate? That's you just can, it. You can make an argument for either one. They know, okay, I want to vote right or left. Yeah. But that's what I, w- I want to vote, but I don't want to vote for these candidates. I'm going to, if I do it, I'm holding my, and doing it. Okay, but sometimes you got to do that. And like what I've said since the beginning of this whole, you know, general election is I'm never going to vote for Carrie Lake. She's an election denier. Uh, I'm never voting for an election denier. I think that you are either the most gullible person in the world if you really believe that 2020 was stolen or Carrie Lake, you're lying to everybody. That's my stance. You don't have to like yeah. it. You, I don't care. But that's my stance. And so I watch Katie Hobbs and say, okay, can I get, can I, can she get my vote? And for almost, you know, the, the, the entire general election, she just did nothing to get my vote. And I told you, I said, listen, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, uh, I'm going to leave this thing blank. Um, and then I decided to vote for Hobbs. And the reason I decided to vote for Hobbs is not because she's good. Because I don't think she's good. I don't think she's a great leader. I think she ran away from how many how many interviews? I mean, literally picking up and running. Yeah. Okay. She ran to an elevator. She ran to a bathroom. Uh, she ran away from, from the debate. She's comfortable being in front of her Zoom camera on right. CNN and right. MSNBC. But But when the election started to get closer and closer and closer, I started to get just a pit in my stomach about Carrie Lake. Listen, I don't hate Carrie Lake. I don't know Carrie Lake. If she wins, uh, believe me, I want her to do well because we live here and we love this state. I want her to do well. I just think she'll push us over the edge. I never got that feeling with Doug Ducey. And as I said the other day, uh, you know, being an independent, Katie Hobbs is the first Democrat I've ever voted for for governor in Arizona. I've never voted for a Democrat. It's not like I go out of my way to not vote for a Democrat, but... That's just how it works out. I've I voted for Jan Brewer. I voted for Doug Ducey twice. You've heard me talk about Ducey yeah. on this program. Yeah. Uh, we're no, we're not friends. Um, but I don't think Doug Ducey was all bad. I think a lot of the, I think some of the stuff he did was terrible. But again, let's not relitigate that whole thing. But so the closer I got to the actual day, which is Tuesday, uh, sitting it out, as I said, I might do. It just didn't feel right. So I picked a bad candidate. And I filled in the circle for Hobbs. And I think basically what she's going to do is just uh, uh, she's going to probably just veto a lot of MAGA stuff. And I'm fine with that. I don't think she's going to do anything big. I think that she's a placeholder. Yeah. And again, I, I've always talked about I'm so tired of voting for people for people I don't want to vote for. But I just I truly believe Carrie Lake's just too dangerous. So 
the closer it got, I was part of the 18% of independents in Arizona that uh, was, was undecided or ready to sit out. And I just wasn't ready to sit out. So what I did is I do what I usually do. I voted for Republicans and Democrats. I voted for Masters. He's a Republican. I voted for Hobbs, who's a Democrat. Yeah. Uh, and do I feel good about either vote? No, not really. Not really. But I, you're right. I mean, you brought it up. 18% of independents. I think you just a lot of them. It's a lot of people. They know exactly. All right. I, I'm going to have to. If I vote, I know I'm going to vote this way. But can I vote this way? It's hard. Uh, Washington. Uh, I mean, the Wall Street Journal did. a. Uh, they went to all of the swing states, you know, like Wisconsin and and obviously us, Pennsylvania, uh, Ohio, Florida. And all 53 percent said, I want to vote for the Republican. And a vast majority of those say. I'm not thrilled by the candidate I have to vote for. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's probably going to that's going to with all the polls that we look at, uh, it's one or two points in the governor's race. And that's really it. And that's the margin of error. Uh, I think if you look at momentum, it's Lake. But I think if you look at, you know, uh, the, the, the Democratic base. Well, they're going to come out and vote against her. They're not going to vote for Hobbs. They're going to vote against her. Does that sound familiar? This is yeah. the last election with Biden and Trump. People didn't vote for, for Biden. They voted against Trump. God, if those two ran again, everybody's going to vote against both of them. Is there that? I, I don't know. I hope I don't see that election. I can't talk about that election. Uh, we've got some poll numbers. Let's do it. All right. So do you remember a couple weeks ago, the Fox 10 Insider Advantage poll had Lake plus 11. So all I've heard over the last few weeks is Lake saying, listen, I'm up by 11. She's taken the one poll where she has the biggest lead, and she believes that poll. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So on October 25th, uh, the Fox 10 Insider Advantage poll had Lake plus 11. Today, the Fox 10 Insider Advantage poll has Lake plus three. What happened? Is she losing momentum? Was the first poll wrong? Has Hobbs, I don't know, done something to get certain people to vote for her? Because, you know, if you go on on what Carrie Lake thinks, Carrie Lake thinks she's up by 11. Yeah. She's not up by 11 in that poll anymore. She's up by three. So, is she starting to slip four days before the election? It's possible. I don't know. I'm looking at 538. Uh, they have her up by two and a half points, Lake. And they take an aggregate of a bunch of other polls. Hobbs, out of these 15 polls, is, is up on one. Okay. And the rest of them, she's, well, she's even in one, and she is down in the rest. The worst being some place I've never heard of where Carrie Lake's up by Eleven, uh, but by and large, most of them, uh, she is she's losing. So, and I think that's you know, again, everything's within the margin of error, though. I mean, usually it's three points. Well, three points is where they're pretty much at. Yeah, but if you're leading in most of the polls, as Lake is leading in most of the polls, you would think that most people would be pretty surprised if Hobbs ended up winning. Yeah, because Republicans tend to, uh, according to most st- statistics, they tend to underpoll more than overpoll. Yeah. I don't think anybody can predict this. I think Hobbs has a shot. I think Lake has probably a little, little better shot, maybe, just because of the polling. Yeah. Um, uh, there are a couple other ones. Let me uh, throw this. Uh, Fontes is leading Fincham. Uh, I see. I've seen seven. I've seen two points. That's Secretary of State. Uh, Abe uh, Froman is uh, leading. Abe Froman. 
uh, by uh, two sausage king. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how Tom Horn, uh, in the superintendent of public instruction, is lose is winning over Kathy Hoffman, the Democrat. But you know, Horn's best friend is a pedophile, so I don't know. He's part of the campaign for a while. Yeah. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty disgraceful. That one. I that one. I do, look. I I don't get it. I think they think that Hoffman shut. Shut the schools down, which she did not. Well, she kept the schools shut, as I think what they... What, I don't think people, so. No, Doug Ducey shut the schools down. Well, he down. shut the schools down, but then they wanted to reopen them, and they and some did, some didn't. There was lots of him and hawing. And, you know, like we were joking earlier, Callan Cowherd, the sports guy, mm. tweeted out something the other day, and it's the thing I said a while ago. Parent, like, when COVID was going on, everybody's like, well, we can't open the school because the kids... I said, let me tell you something. Parents won't forget... And they won't. And if they felt they're looking at their kids who are struggling, you know, I talked to my mother today about my little brother, and she's at the wits' end with him. Who and, and it is he got to a great place before COVID, and now he's out of control. It's tough to blame politicians and not blame the virus, because if you were to go back and do it all over again and send the kids to school, well, I mean, I don't know. Would teachers have been able to cover a classroom? I don't know. Would kids be been out sick? Maybe. Well, I, I don't if we're going to believe science, yeah, which is what we're always told to believe. But remember, we didn't know it was very early. They did on. know. They knew with kids that it didn't. They knew very early on that it wasn't spreading. And it, Europe went back to school a year plus before a lot of other it, schools here, and Ar- that was a huge issue. Arizona went back to school. Yeah, quicker Arizona than everybody did. Else. Yeah, Florida yeah. and stuff. Remember that? All oh, those guys are killing yeah. all these people. But I just said, parents don't forget. Yeah. All right, coming up next. Is it okay to fire an employee over email? It happened to how many people? Uh, well, they're not quite sure yet, but there were 7,500 people that work for Twitter. There's not that now. Yeah. But is, it, uh, is that ever okay? You send out an email that says you're fired. Is that ever okay? We'll talk about it in the Gatos and Chat Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state, the Gatos and Chad Show. Hey, uh, Becky Lynn, did you say it was in that poll? was Hobbs 49 to 48 over yes, Lake? Yes, yes. Uh, I can't keep up with this stuff, man. Oh, my gosh. It's just, it's like. It's just whoever they get to ask. I mean, it can change from day to day. And how you ask it, too. And how you ask it, too. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, can you, like, in your gut. In your gut on Tuesday night, can you see Katie Hobbs go up and give I can't see us a, 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 a victory speech because no, I just can't see it. I just it just in my gut. I cannot I cannot see it. I will tell you guys what's going to happen. Lake, regardless of whether or not she makes that phone call from Hobbs or if all the counting's done, she is going to claim victory. Who, Carrie Lake? Yep. Of course. At like and not, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, and that's probably that's, true. And that's, that will start the chaos. Right. That's that's chicken crap, too. Uh, that's just, I just think that's awful. And then if she does, if Lake does lose, she's going to start suing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, in your gut... Because, like, if you are, if you were to to see who's out there on the campaign trail, it's just really not very close. It's Lake. You just seen more of her, yeah. And that I, maybe that gives you the well, gut. We've talked about how it feels yeah. like she wants it. Like she's out there. She wants it. She she's she's trying. I mean, you you know, we hear you know, like you know, we've talked to to to, to Jan. I call it Jan. You guys know the Brewer. Uh, <laughs> but you know, she said if from morning till night you're doing something, right. And you see that with Lake. You don't really feel that with Hobbs. No, you don't feel the efforts there. 
Uh, but how many people will go and vote against Carrie Lake is going to be the big question. Here's the thing. You see no effort. But look at all of the polls. Whether depend, it doesn't matter which one's on top. They are so 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 close, close. despite so great, a lack of effort. Great point. That's the other thing, Becky Lane. I'm so glad you you brought that up because we're trying to figure out in your gut. See, in your gut, you still see Lake one point ahead in in all these little different polls, and that gets into your mind that she's at the top. That's the other thing that that gets into you with like a this, margin of error of three points. You got to remember that. No, I, I yeah. know, but when you see it with your eye, and yes. on top it says Carrie Lake fifty one, and then under her is Hobbs at 50, fifty or whatever. Right? It gets into it gets into your head. Well, she is. She's still leading, even though she she might not be. She's yeah. she is above on the piece of she's, paper. She's printed she there is above. Printed yes. above Hobbs. So it's and a that, psychological thing, as you see it. I think it's a psychological thing too. Yeah. yeah. So can we can we predict who's going to win this thing? No. No. I mean, you know, if you had to say you have to choose somebody, and you know, you, you don't predict, but you, you know, yeah. Be the you know the sights here. What we do, we throw it out there. I've said I I, I feel like Lake's going to win it. I think it's going to be, and, and quite frankly, I feel like it, Republicans have been undercounted, and they don't they're not as free as Democrats in, in in participating in polls. And I think there's some some out there that I think we're going to be surprised on some of these races. I think we are. Uh, what would be your biggest surprise on election night? <sighs> uh, if Fincham wins, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think he's going to win. No, I don't think so either. God help us all. God help us. All. Yeah. And by the way, in your imaginary poll, if yeah. you had if you had Carrie like at fifty one percent, it would have been Hobbs at forty nine percent. That's why I'm bad. I, I was just going to say Thanks there was math on this show today, and that's bugging me. Thank so you very. I had to be, cor- that. Now I had I feel to be corrected. Now I feel better. You know what I was trying to say. I did. <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't do math on the show. <laughs> uh, all right, later uh, later this hour, we're going to get into: Is it ever okay to fire an employee over email? Uh, I don't really care what happens on Twitter. I know that Twitter's been sold. Uh, I don't live in that space. Uh, I, I like to go there on occasion, uh, but I don't spend all day there. So I really don't care what happens there or what people say necessarily. But there's a bigger story that when you get, you know, like an Elon Musk come in and then he fires 7,500 people, they all got an email. Is that right? We're going to talk about that uh, uh, coming up. Plus, uh, is hustle in the workplace? Has it disappeared? we got a lot going on today. The Gatos and Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. Uh, true crime. You know what? Uh, every woman has the true TV so they can watch uh, why somebody disappears or murders. You got 48 hours. You you got all of those things. But podcasts are exploding when it comes to this. And uh, one of the biggest, and if not the biggest around, is called Cold. And uh, next guest is uh, Dave Crawley. He's host of the podcast Cold, The Search for Cherie. Uh, so, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. And let's uh, uh, let's just get this out of the way. How do you pick your cases, man? Oh, man. So I'll tell you, my first case on cold, our first season, 
was a, a missing persons case from 2009 about a woman named Susan Powell. And I actually was working as a radio journalist uh, up north of you guys in Salt Lake City when she disappeared. And that was a, a story that I covered, and it stuck with me. It bugged me, and that really became the origin of this whole podcast. Uh, since that time, we have kind of taken an eye toward can we talk about cases that other people aren't covering that don't get that you know media attention that we see happen so often now. So uh, our next two cases, season two and season three, have both been older. Uh, cases from the 80s, uh, women that disappeared, their bodies have never been found. Nobody's ever um, been able to, in our most recent case, uh, face charges or, or have anybody explain what happened to Sheree Warren, this woman. Uh, so it really kind of comes down to with that platform that we've got with the podcast, what good can we do? Uh, we have a list of, of cases. We've had people come to us and ask us, you know, hey, can you help out? Can you help my family? Can you help this um, you know, lost loved one? And we, we just kind of look at it and say, all right, where can we apply uh, our our investigative uh, skills, our journalism, to try to do some good. Why is the uh, Sheree Warren disappearance so so fascinating to you? Yeah, the Sheree Warren case. Okay, so let me set the stage for you. Uh, 1985, Sheree Warren's a 25-year-old mother. She's got a 3-year-old son. She's in the process of divorcing her husband. Uh, she's working at a credit union. She is training a man, and she leaves one afternoon telling him, hey, uh, see you tomorrow. I'm going to pick up my estranged husband. She gets in her car, drives away from this office, and she's supposed to go meet her estranged husband. That never happens. Uh, nobody can say where she went. The police that picked up her case um, immediately, of course, are looking at the estranged husband thinking, hey, maybe he had something to do with it. Uh, but there's an X factor with this case, and this is where this gets really interesting. Cherie, while she was separated from her husband, was dating another man, uh, and this man was a, a former police officer. He was somebody who, you know, seemed to be very upstanding in the community, uh, but as we come to learn in the podcast, he had a, a hidden secret life, a very, very dark past, mm. and you're presented with a case where you've got two potential suspects and until you can rule out one or the other you're not going to be able to charge either one of them talking to dave crawley who is the host of uh, cold uh, this this is the the third season which is the uh, uh search for sheree so you know people got charged uh when you look at these things is it you know are you trying to crack a case are you trying to free somebody because you know i know we just saw the big one where they you know uh, they got a guy out of prison uh when you approach these things it's it's, it's obviously it's something personal for some of these things but is it do you feel at times that is the justice wasn't served Absolutely. So, I mean, I think it's it's all of those things, right? When when I set out to tell a story in the Cold Podcast, I'm I'm of course interested in the specifics of that case and hopefully uh, bringing information to light that might lead to something, right? It might lead to say, hopefully, this person being found after however many years. But I'm also looking at the bigger picture. With the Susan Powell case in our first season, we were talking about domestic abuse, the ways that uh, it happens in relationships that it's it's not overtly violent and and uh, trying to shine a light on those red flags. In our second season, we were talking about a case that involved uh, sex crimes and the way victims, uh, survivors of sexual assault who uh, report their cases are oftentimes mistreated in the criminal justice process. And in this case, uh, in the search for Cherie that we're talking about in cold season three, we start to see those two topics kind of wind together. Uh, so, yes, I would love to be able to find Cherie. That is part of my goal when I set out to do the reporting. But it's also to talk about, okay, what do we learn from what happened to her, at least 
what we know of what happened to her, how can we take something away from that to hopefully prevent something like this from happening? Yeah. We, got, we got about a minute here uh, left. Uh, how long does it take you to do these podcasts? Because it's not like you just sit down and talk. It's not a Rogan kind of thing. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into it and the research and stuff. Like for each episode, how long does it take you guys? Yeah, so we spend, uh, oh man, um, this latest case, I'll say year and a half, uh, but uh, with our first season, we spent about three years. It really depends on how difficult it is to track people down, to develop those relationships, because people have to trust you, right, to share their stories. Uh, we dig through records, we do our interviews, we write it all, we put it together. So it is a multi-year investment. When we commit to a, a season, uh, we're going to spend years, literally years, chasing down answers in those cases. Wow. Dave Crawley is his name. He's the host of a podcast uh, called Cold, The Search for Sharit, one of our Coney last year. So let's see if you can win number two. Uh, that'll be one more than we have. Uh, but uh, appreciate you coming on today and uh, and uh, good, good luck and success in this because, uh, again, these things are huge right now and you guys are making a difference. Well, Gatos and Chad, I really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Fascinating case and look forward to talking to you, hopefully, with some uh, more news down the line. Absolutely. Thanks so much, my man. Thanks, man. So one of the um, one of the big cold cases in Arizona that has just you know for goodness I think it it, it was in 1999 there was a little girl uh, named Mikkel Biggs yeah and she disappeared she disappeared on January second 1999 her sister was the last person to see her and you know we have a lot of missing children here in Arizona. This was one of the biggest stories of how she did it because of how she disappeared because like they they talk about there was an ice cream truck that was on the street and I think she went to get an ice cream and her sister watched her get an ice cream and turned around and she was gone and they never found her. Um, so the case, I think, is still certainly open today. The theories are all over the place, like. You know, detectives chased tips from, you know, Pennsylvania to, to Mexico. And, you know, there are theories of drug smugglers uh, uh, taking her to Mexico or uh, the speculation that the ice cream truck, uh, it accidentally hit her. I don't know. They tried, tried and then, to hold the, uh, hide the body. I don't know. Uh, then you've got there was a, a neighbor Did a neighbor snatcher was a sexual predator. But they're only theories. But like, you know, from from I remember when this story happened and I can never forget, like the, the picture of her face um, that they put out there and they never found her. And it's just like, can you if you're if you're the parents, you're like, you, I hate to say this. Don't you hope that she's gone? Well, because uh, the, the you have no closure. Is, well, because the alternative could be worse. Yes, absolutely. You know, let's hope that you, you, I, I know that's terrible to say, but I, if you think the worst case scenario, it just gives you a nightmare. Yeah, it gives yeah. you a nightmare. So that that's the biggest cold case I think we've had in Arizona in the last 20 something years easily, you know, disappearing while waiting for the ice cream truck. That's just flat out creepy. Yeah, that's flat out creepy. Well, when you talk about like you know, uh, don't go outside, kids, you could get abducted, kind of thing. You, you know, it happens so very uh, rarely, and especially right. by a stranger or something. But that's just one of those things. That's why it sticks with people. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, coming up next has hustle in the workplace disappeared. Stick around. Arizona's news station KTAR News ninety two three FM. The Gatos and Chad Show.
All right, coming up at 3 o'clock. Someone said this. I'm going to read it, okay? Slavery has never been more prolific in America than it is today. So I want you to think about that for a moment. We'll tell you who said it at 3. Is this person right? So stick around for that. All right. Uh, you know, uh, we've been talking, you know, about the economy, uh, about, uh, you know, is there going to be a recession uh, next year? Are people going to lose their job? The job report came out today. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you look at the workplace today, has hustle disappeared? Uh, did hustle's dead. Hustle is dead? Hustle is dead. You think hustle's dead? Yeah. U.S. productivity down. We've talked about that a couple weeks ago, how it's down. And uh, eh, this is what's crazy. 20% of Americans uh, are less willing to engage in hustle culture, and they admit to doing the bare minimum. So very few people will be honest and tell you there's 20% that was honest. I bet you could easily double that, if not more. Yeah. Do you think it's one of those things where, like, uh, you know, I think a lot of people work, uh, there are people who work a lot of hours, but are they working smart? You know, and like I know people who work, you know, I got a buddy who says he works six to seven hours a day, but it is six to seven hours with no break. Yeah. Right. And then I've got another friend who works like, you know, 13 hours a day. Yeah, but I got to tell you, takes his time doing stuff. Yeah. So I, I think even if you do work a shorter schedule, if you do it, if you're working hard, you're working hard. That's right. You know, but many people like it's one of those things is and remember, hu- hustle culture is is as we used to call it is, you know, when we like you and I, we've talked about when we were younger, mm. we do anything. They, you want us to go get coffee, we'll go get coffee. If you want us to, you know, take you to dry cleaning, it's, we're learning. Right. We're doing certain things. I and, wouldn't do that, by the and, way. And, you know, okay. I mean, but <laughs> it, it was we to, to be around to be the opposite let's can i come hang out can i come watch can i what does that do we, we would we would go extra and beyond there is a certain group especially a younger group that the bare minimum is all they want to do and they don't want to hustle partly because they think you know uh why would i work super hard for something that's not mine or i don't take you know i don't have pleasure in it or it doesn't bring me my heart joy and make yeah, it but sing it's t- why do we bl- why why are you always blaming the younger generation I, I i don't know if that's only the younger so in this study it's one out of five americans doing the bare minimum i mean yeah you, it's easy to blame the younger generation but there are people that are our age they're lazy too oh of course of yeah. course but the younger generation in 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 after every single report comes out about this is the one leading the charge in this mm. and it's you know for whatever reason they feel wrong their boss is mean uh they they feel that they only are getting paid for four hours and they're they want nine or, or eight hours of work and it's it's interesting but the other thing is there isn't a drive to get ahead that's the other thing I talk to a lot of people, you know, even younger people. There isn't a drive to, like, there's no goal to get ahead. You know, like, used to go in there and, and it was a battle. I want to be the manager. I want to be this. I want to. And now it's like, I just want to kind of do my job and go home. just want to do enough. Yeah, but if you're not making any money, if you're not making any money and you're young and you want to have a family one day, you know, if, if you don't have, if you don't have that fire in your gut... You know, like I always, I love telling the story that for, they got out here in 1996, they paid me $15,000. Yeah. And even I knew at that time that was pretty crappy. But I remember, you know, busting my rear end for a year and then they gave me 18. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I was, it's $3,000 more. 
And I remember I was like, how how should I how should I celebrate that? And so I got HBO. <laughs> I remember that. How stupid is that? I don't know why I wanted HBO, but I got it. But y- you felt like you could. But the hustle was there yeah. because the goal is you didn't want to be stuck there. You wanted to move on and do something. I think else. A lot of people don't think they're going to get stuck. I think a lot of people think I'm just going to go to the next job and the next job will have more money. But, and, but there's also a thought of of I want to be where I and I get this more now when I was first got in this business. I never once thought, well, I, I want that job. That's my job. I'm do that job. I'm owed that job. Mm-mm. I have met so many people through through this over the last 30 years where, uh, you know, it's like you got to put into work. Right. This isn't handed to you. Right. You know. You got to put in the work because this is a perfect time to hustle because you can out hustle anybody. Oh, you can out hustle everybody. If everybody at your office is kind of lazy, this is a per- boy. That's an that's an easy opponent you're going up against. Yeah, you're going up against lazy. Yeah, it's not it's not hard. No, it's not. It's like you have the opportunity to put yourself in a position. Then when winter comes, as they're talking about, uh, I mean, I think the what the Brits said this could be the longest recession ever. Hmm. Like and and already this week we've seen huge layoffs with several major companies and more are coming. Not just counting Twitter. And if if you're hustling and you're working hard, they'll remember that when that time comes and say, you know, we need to downside a reduction in force. The riff. Maybe you're right. You've been talking about that quiet quitting uh, trend that uh, that basically means you just do the absolute bare minimum. You keep your job. But the hustle is gone, man. I don't know. Uh, where's the Where's the fire in the gut? That's it. What happened? Like if you go somewhere, like I've I never understood somebody who didn't want to get better, to grow, and to move up. But you know what there the are so is? many people that are just kind of happy where they are. Yeah, but if you're not passionate about your job, you're not going to be good. So if you find something you're passionate about, you'll work hard and you'll work longer, and then you'll make more money. You hope. All right, coming up next. Slavery has never been more prolific in America than it is today. Who said that? Well, we'll tell you next.